Another episode of Real Drinks with Ali Flores. I'm your host, Ali Flores, and tonight I'm super excited. Um, we're going to talk about one of my favorite films. Um, to say I'm a fan is kind of an understatement when you bring these two people in to talk about this movie. Um, it's it's an iconic film, and I'm not going to talk, talk about it yet. For those of you who have not watched this or heard the, the podcast, we talk about great movies, and then we have drinks. Uh, hence the real drinks. We have drinks uh, based on the film. And tonight's guest or guests, it's my first married couple. We have Mr. and Mrs. Todd Fair and Todd and Renette. How are you guys doing? Hey! Oh my goodness. They're, not, they're never going to be able to guess what movie we're talking about, I don't think. No? Oh, crap. <laughs> Hold on. Digital background. Me, girl. <laughs> how you guys doing? Oh my God. Uh, we're doing good. Yeah, great. You're here, ready to drink? Thanks for having us. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, so in case someone isn't watching the, the YouTube um, feed, what are we talking about today? Ghostbusters. Yeah, there we go. Little Ghostbusters, what you want. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll go out on a limb and, and say this. I would challenge anyone to name a better movie. I know people have their preferences, and I've gotten into to debates, heated debates with Back to the Future people. I love Back to the Future. Yep. I think Back to the Future is an amazing movie, but I can't compare it to Ghostbusters because Ghostbusters is on another level with me. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Ghostbusters is great. I, I think I would put Ghostbusters above Back to the Future. And then put, my favorite thing is people want to do like quotability and they're like, yeah, but um, Back to the Future is way more quotable. And then I just start spouting off every single line from the movie. He has a lot of free time. Yeah, I, yeah, I could tell. <laughs> so um, let's talk about this. Todd, you and I met, um, gosh, what was it, back in 97? Yeah. Um, 97. Was it Sleuths? Mm -hmm. I was just a baby. Yeah, we were, gosh, 97. What year were you born? Uh, 90. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was born in the year 2000. You met the, uh, the uh, <laughs> spirit that I would eventually become. Nice, nice. No, Todd, uh, yeah, no, we, we've known each other for a long time. We've worked on a lot of projects together and watched a lot of movies together. Yes. Uh, we, we lived together for about three years. Yeah. That, about three or four years. Yeah. Um, Todd, um, talk to everybody about what you do in the business. I, I like to talk about those type of things and, and how'd you get into like theater, film, all that stuff. All right. I mean, well, for the past 11 years, up until COVID, um, I've written and produced and directed shows in Orlando. Um, Ali did both of them, actually, or two of them, uh, where one of them is just a straight-up comedy show, um, like Whose Line Is It Anyway? But for adults, that's what we, we go with. Um, then the other one was like an international variety show, and, uh, you know, COVID has kind of brought everything down. Um, like our, the entertainment industry has definitely struggled, which I find ironic that the entertainment industry is struggling so much when during this pandemic, what is everyone turning to? Entertainment. Yeah. And then it's, it literally is the entertainment industry that's suffering so much in this. Um, but I've also, I've put out five novels 
I, I put out two, two novels this year. Um, and that's helped actually quite a bit since COVID has taken all my other jobs. Right. And then most, most recently, Renette, who is a makeup artist, um, she's also out of work because if, if you can imagine entertainment where you're just in a room with people performing, being a dangerous position, her job is touching people's faces. Literally up in their face. <laughs> um, so since we've both been kind of furloughed and out of work, um, we've started doing a YouTube channel ourselves where we're just kind of going on adventures and trying to be funny about it. Yeah. My favorite one is the donut one, obviously <laughs> um, like that one. Yeah. I still have a bone to pick with you guys about, uh, I, I cannot believe the apple pie one did not win. Yeah. No, um, you and me both. I was shocked. You and me both. We're going to do a rematch. We're going to do a rematch. Uh, but we're, we're going to incorporate because on our page, we had a bunch of people list, other donut shops that we couldn't get to. Mm. So I'm definitely throwing the apple pie back into that mix. Heck yeah, dude. It was good. so good. So Renette, uh, you know, Todd started speaking for you as, as a man should do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so t tell us about how long, like we've known each other for a very long time as well. Like, yeah, you guys have known each other for a very long time. Um, I got this. And uh, <laughs> uh, you have my permission. Oh, <laughs> thing on. Um, yeah, we've known each other probably not as long as you guys have known mm -hmm. each other. I think I met you back in like 2000 or something like that. Right around there, yeah. Back in the Universal the great days. Great line of Universal Friends. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So. Let's see, you're a makeup artist, but you also do like face painting and, and all those type of things, right? Yeah, so I own my own business. So I do like face painting parties, tons of corporate events. I've traveled to Hong Kong and done FX makeup. And like, yeah, you send me someplace, I'll do it. <laughs> nice now you guys are all decked out in in the ghostbuster gar you've got the awesome paintings behind you you've got um you, you've got the staple of marshmallow man on the table um so i have to ask you renette before we get into the movie uh were you a ghostbusters fan before you met todd or is this like a held against your will type of thing to be honest could you, you want to speak for me no go ahead i sure? got your arm already <laughs> Um, no, actually, I've, I've always loved that movie. Um, before I met Todd, he had zero influence on my enjoyment of the Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say it's my top movie because, you know, I'm a girl and, you know, I always go for the girly flicks like, you know. I shouldn't have let go of her arm. See, she says, <laughs> so let go of her arm. When you do your Clueless movie episode, I'll be there for that. Okay, okay. <laughs> Obviously. She just went rogue. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I've always loved it. One and two, fantastic movies. Yeah, Very people, funny. people give two a hard time. I love two. I, I love two. Yeah, not as much as the first one, but just seeing those people back in the same universe, I I, I love it. It's great. Yeah, yeah, great. me too. Okay, so before we get into it, let's talk about what we are drinking now. Todd is not. You've never had a sip of alcohol in your life. Nope. And and Renette has all the sips of alcohol. Yes. I've had a handful. <laughs> So, Renette, what are we drinking? So, um, this is the Slimer. The Slimer. Slimer. Um, so, it, do you want me to tell you the ingredients? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, we have some Midori, which is the Japanese melon liqueur. Mm -hmm. We have some vodka, high quality, no names needed. A little bit of pineapple juice and a splash of lemon. Yeah, I... Um, 
I, I was excited. I went and got the went and got the, the the ingredients, and I made it myself. So, cheers, the Slimer. Cheers, Sluncha. When you're here, your family. Oh, that's good. That's tasty. And Todd's uh, mocktail is Midori. Just kidding. It's um, <laughs> no Sprite and pineapple juice and a splash of lemon. Tons of vitamins. How'd you get the green? Is it that just the uh, the glow effect? Just the, the really cool um, ice cube light we have. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, we went to uh, Epcot. FX. I went to Epcot and I ordered a bunch of drinks just because they had glowing ice cubes in them. <laughs> and then we were just like, fish them out. We can't finish the drinks. <laughs> <laughs> My awesome. first 10 pounds walking out of Epcot. <laughs> Okay, so when did you discover your love for this movie? Let's get into it. Let's talk about Ghost. Uh, it was uh, 1984 when the movie came out in the theaters. Uh, I remember, I remember seeing it in the theater. Not only do I remember seeing it in the theater, it's the because I saw what year did Empire Strikes Back come out? Oh gosh, or ET? Eighty-two, eighty-three. Alexa, when did ET come out? Eighty-two. Um, I remember vividly seeing ET. I remember seeing Empire. Mm -hmm. um, but Ghostbusters is the the first movie that I have distinct memories of laughing in the theater. And I remember coming home from that movie, and I've always been uh, a drawer. Mm -hmm. And I remember drawing Binkman laying down on the ground with Slimer above him. And I did the little word bubbles of, he slimed me. And I, I remember, like, I loved it forever. I, I made my parents take me back to see it. Um, God, when, when VHS was a thing. Yeah. I had VHS. <laughs> um, and it's like, again, it's one of those movies where I probably bought four or five different versions of the movie through various collector's editions. Um, but honestly, my favorite addition was, I think the, I think it's the 25 year anniversary edition mm -hmm. because they have a commentary that's done in the style of whose line is it anyway? Not whose line, mystery science theater 3000. Oh, okay. So you have these empty movie theater seats and you have Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis and Ivan Reitman sitting down in the front row talking about the movie while, while it's going on. Uh, it, it's incredible. Nice. So, Renette, when, when did, like, obviously you didn't see it in the theater because you are so young. When first came out, like, so that was me crying. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, um, there was this network in Canada called City TV, and they'd show movies. I'm sorry, hold on. I'm sorry. She's Canadian, Todd? Wait, you guys didn't get the TPS report? <laughs> you the director, Canadian? Uh, yeah, so is Dan Aykroyd. You're welcome, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the best Canadians come out of Canada. Anywho. Um, <laughs> the best ones escape Canada. Is that they give you nice homes in Beverly. Can we just take a second to say that she is Canadian and we're married. And we've always had this joke of if things go sideways in America, she's my foot in the door. It's not a joke. <laughs> Guess who let her passport lapse? How could I get there? Anyway, 
Ghostbusters, Canadian <laughs> director. Um, I recall uh, we had it recorded on a VHS, mm. like where you try to like stop it when the commercials came on and then press record again. We like, so that's, and I watched it a million times as a kid, but I always skipped the first part because that library scene scared the crap out of me, not gonna lie, when she's like, Rah! I think oh, that's yeah. what I liked about it though. No, I didn't. I, I, think, just, I think I liked it because even when I was little, we talked about this on one of our YouTube videos. We talked about this, watching the uh, the Count show up on an episode of Sesame Street. You had that scary castle with the thunder and lightning, mm -hmm. and I I don't know. I got excited by this is scary, and I got like as a kid, I got high on that. But I'm not scared of. And Ghostbusters, same thing. You you have that library scene that is if you break it down, a terrifying scene. The way that it's structured yeah. oh, it's so great. with the librarian, you have this claustrophobia of her the, going down the narrow hallways. And then that effect, by today's standards, I still, I still think is a good effect. Mm -hmm. The uh, kind of a, in the same vein of that, uh, tell them large Marge sent you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that effect, it was a genuine, it's a horror film at that point. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that it springboards into this sci-fi comedy with ghosts as the backdrop. I think my favorite part about that first scene is the fact that it is, you know, you see the names that are in that movie. Mm -hmm. So you're automatically knowing it's going to be funny. This is going right. to be a funny film. So you're waiting for the comedy. You're like, oh, this is going to be great. But they get you with some legit horror with that. Like that's yeah. a, a legit scary moment. And you're like, whoa, that kind of got me off guard. And the uh, the remake that they did, or not remake, the what what would you call that? The um, reboot. The reboot that they attempted. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, the the I really Bridesmaid was was a great movie. Bridesmaids. Wonderful. So yeah, funny. So, good. so I expected the movie to be funny. Mm -hmm. I was disappointed in the fact that they were saying this is a reboot because I went, why destroy this beautiful universe that's been created? Um, but they attempted to do that same thing with the first scene. They attempted to do this kind of like scary scene mm -hmm. uh, to start off the movie, but I feel like they were too afraid to stick with that genre for that moment because they were trying to do little jokes right. here and there. He's like, you got to commit to the bit. There was a, um, there's a book. Oh God, I think it's called best advice. And it's famous people talking about the best advice they were given. And this is a quote that always resonates with me. Mel Brooks was doing, was showing someone a screening of Blazing Saddles. Mm -hmm. And you know how, how out there Blazing Saddles is. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that as a creator, if that was my property, <laughs> I would be nervous about showing that to a lot of people. The point that he was nervous was, the, uh, the uh, punching the old lady. You know the scene where the guy is punching the old lady? Out of everything that's offensive in that movie, that was the scene that Mel Brooks <laughs> went, this may be pushing it too far. And he asked his friend, and I, I don't remember the friend, I remember the quote. The quote was, if you're climbing that rope, you might as well ring that bell. Yeah. Went, oh, that's fantastic. And if you're doing something like Ghostbusters and you're emulating a horror movie make a horror movie don't don't think you're gonna isolate your audience or lose them because 
no one's going to walk into the reboot of Ghostbusters. And if you start off with a scary scene, go, what movie is this? Right. Uh, I just walk into an Annabelle film. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, that I think, I just feel like they, they kept their foot on the brake too much in that, mm-hmm. in that movie. And they were getting a lot of criticism at the time while they were filming. And right. I think that translated into the final product because they even like worked in jokes about listening to people online. And I went, well, you, you already tainted your vision. Yeah. I just felt that it was, it was a little forced. A lot of stuff was forced. The comedy I felt was forced and not just letting yeah. it organically happen. So yeah. who's, who's the bigger fan? Would you say Todd or Renee? Who's the Todd? Todd's the bigger fan. Yeah, I mean, so, so if Todd is the bigger fan, I'm going to leave this part up to you, Renette. Okay. Uh, I want you to give uh, a, a synopsis of the film. I want you to go say, all right, this is what the movie's about. And Todd, whenever you feel like she's wrong, I don't know um, I'm okay. jump in. <laughs> okay, so four guys, they're into psychology and they're teaching at the school. Wrong. <laughs> parapsychology. Three guys are parapsychology professors. Yes. The fourth guy comes in later. So hot in here. Um, <laughs> right. I love Winston. He's one of my favorites. Winston so. was originally supposed to be played by Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy. Mm-hmm. And when Eddie Murphy couldn't do the project and they had to recast, they actually reconfigured the script and they divvied up his lines, which is why Winston kind of gets the short end of the stick where, where it comes to screen time. Right. <laughs> this is going to take a while. <laughs> Only if you get stuff wrong. So, yeah, and then they, um, they try to start their business in parapsychology, and then, uh, you know, so super... Should I just let Todd do this game? No, no, I like it when you do it. This <laughs> <laughs> is my marriage. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, okay, so correct me then. What happens? They get fired from their positions at the school. Oh, I skipped that part. That's sad. I want to talk about the house. <laughs> they get fired. They, they don't go into business... As parapsychologists, they go into business as ghost elimination. I was doing the Cliff's Notes version. <laughs> Taking a long time for Cliff's Notes. <laughs> anyway, this is going to be my first divorce on the show. <laughs> first how divorce much, so how, far. How much is ninety-nine dollars? <laughs> 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 so then they get their their they start their business. They get their first call from Sigourney Weaver's character. Very exciting because she Wrong. gets a. Their first call is not from Dana Barrett. Their first call is from the hotel that they go to where they meet Slimer for the first time. And Slimer... Wait, isn't it not not the library? Oh, the library is not a job. They don't have their Ghostbuster job at the time. See how excited she was? See how excited she was? She was wrong. So the library is where they're going when they're getting kicked out of the school. Their first job is the hotel where they meet Slimer. Lulu, in fact, Slimer is a, an homage to uh, John Belushi, who was supposed to be Peter Binkman in the movie. That's right. I didn't know he was an homage, though. Yeah, they, they wanted to find a way of working him in. So the, desi- the design of Slimer is based on John Belushi, which I don't think is a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a comedian, so yeah. he, he knows he, he, he do it. Continue it. I mean, it, it just keeps getting better and better. I don't know what else to tell you about the movie. Because You're I, doing great. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, so then their second job is Sigourney Weaver's character. And uh, she opens her fridge. There's like some sort of psychotic world in there. And, uh, you know, Zool's world for that matter. And then she ends up um, getting sucked into her fridge and becomes a dog. Technically, it's Gojo's world, but I'll allow it. Go on. <laughs> so, <laughs> then the Ghostbusters have to figure it out. And, uh, and then her, her uh, hallmate, who is Rick Moranis. Hallmate. <laughs> what do you call him? Neighbor? <laughs> it's Canadian. It's Canadian. <laughs> Kids in the hallmate. And uh, <laughs> you're welcome. And then, and then he ends up becoming a dog. And then one of them's the gatekeeper, and one of them's the keymaster. Gets more and more exciting. And then they meet. I don't know if they boink. It seems like they don't. They don't really show that. Yeah, they don't show it, but it's but there's in, a lot of messy hair. It's implied. It's there. And then they have to stop the world from ending. And they tell you know they're asked to clear their head because the world is coming to an end with this. Spoiler alert. alert. Oh, I'm assuming yeah. it. Yeah, I'm assuming everyone's so then, seen it. So then, <laughs> this thing comes through New York, and they have to blast it, and then you get s'mores everywhere. The end. s'mores everywhere. Nice. Very good. Yeah, you missed the there. part where there's a graham cracker and a chocolate giant that they also slay. But the best part is part two, and the toaster comes alive. <laughs> and the, true, uh, the toaster does come to life. You know, in the original script... The original script for Ghostbusters was set in the future, where where every city had a Ghostbusters like unit, and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man was in the first fifteen minutes of the movie, and ultimately that script was rejected because it would have been way too expensive, and they had to kind of go back to the drawing board with with the idea, and I think it was Ivan Reitman who said, "Why don't we see the forming of the first group?" Mm-hmm. And um, they went back when, uh, when Dan Aykroyd kind of got the, the gist of the story that he wanted to tell. Ivan Reitman went into a meeting in uh, 1983 and uh, with, um, was it Paramount? I think it was Paramount. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was Paramount because Universal Studios owned the rights to the name Ghostbusters because there was a TV show in the 70s called Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. With the big guy in the monkey suit. And, um, but uh, in 83, he went into a, uh, to pitch the, uh, the script that they, had, that they had so far. But it wasn't a completed script. It was basically an outline that Dan, uh, that, uh, Dan Aykroyd had. And um, the studio executive said, how much is it going to cost for the movie? And Ivan Reitman had no clue. So he just said, uh, $30 million? And they said, okay, but you have to have it out in 12 months. Yeah. Wow. So they had to have, they not only had to have the movie out within the year, within a year, um, they had to do all those visual effects. They had to get a cast. They had to shoot it. And not only that, they had to write the movie. Oh, it hadn't been written. <laughs> and, um, easy peasy. But you have those people. You have Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, uh, Harold Ramis, and Ernie Hudson, like, like I said, I feel like in the first movie, he gets the short end of the stick because he was just kind of thrown in. And Annie Potts. But and Annie Potts, of course. Very important. Um, and um, Rick Moranis. Canadian. That, that role was originally supposed to be uh, John Candy. Yes. John Another Candy. Canadian. He wanted to play Louis Tully as a big German guy. 
with an accent. And they were like, well, that's not really how we want it. And then he backed out. He would have been a strange key master. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you put the, all of these people together who are incredible improvisers and incredible comedians. I mean, what, what you got was gold, but along the way, they were still working on things. Mm-hmm. For example, the uh, cross the streams bit yeah. in the movie. You know, they, when you're filming a movie, you're filming it out of order. They were filming that, uh, that scene where they're closing the gates. The we should cross the streams was an ad lib that they then discussed and said, oh, we can go back and we can plant the seed earlier because they didn't know how else they were going to do it. So right. as they were racing to get this movie done, they were just throwing ideas out there. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Yeah, it worked out really well. Yeah, for the most part, that, that film is... M- the majority of it is improvised. It's all, yeah. it's so much ad libs. Um, it's great. It's brilliant. It makes it more organic. It just, and, and, and when you have an ensemble cast like that, that comes from an improvised, you know, an improvisational background like that, they know how to give and take, they know what to do. And it, it just, it's so good. So what, what moments in this film like really stand out to you? Like what's, what's a favorite scene? We'll start with Renette. Well, obviously the scariest scene in the library because that traumatized me for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably the state puffed marshmallow man. Cause like when they shoot him with their, their blasters, their, their proton packs, um, like he looks like he's crying like a baby and you're just like, you feel sorry for him, but you know, like he just, that's a very memorable moment in that. Plus the cinematography and using that, like the small models to make that look super real in New York. It's like, I mean, in the eighties, it's amazing. You know, they were terrified about that because it was so far out there and so ridiculous that they but were, it was so, it was like well, the best scene ever. but they were worried that audiences were going to hate it because it was so silly. And they said the first test screening, they didn't have all of the effects shots put in, but they had Stay Puff walking down the street. And they said the audience lost their minds, like they loved it. Awesome. And that was kind of one of those things where, oh, such a good moment. Yeah. And plus, as a kid, when you're watching it, you know, everyone's getting doused in melted marshmallow. And as a kid, you're like, fun. You know, constantly <laughs> dying. But, you know, that's how you remember it when you're younger. Like, that's so much fun. You you were upset that this monster is dying? No, it looked delicious. (laughs) (laughs) She was mad she couldn't eat it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a little disturbing to think about. I can't eat the monster melted. (laughs) Um, There was a... Oh, I'm sorry. You you stopped another part. Oh, no, I was just going to say, what what about you, Todd? What's one of your favorite moments in this movie? Um, God, moments... Where do those stairs go? They go up. Um, <laughs> you know what I think my favorite moment is? Only because I don't think in a movie I've ever seen a scene identify exactly who a person is right off the bat as well as they do here. The ESP scene <laughs> where Binkman is uh, shocking the guy. Yes. <laughs> and he's flirting with this girl. But... That scene, if you know nothing about this character going into the scene, which you don't, you immediately go, I know who this guy is. Mm-hmm. I get it. I know who he is, <laughs> but I like him, and I'm on board. Um, I think that's my favorite, my favorite scene. 
I like I, I think another good moment like that where you automatically know who this person is is Tully when he's walking through and it's all one shot when he's walking yeah. through and he's talking to everybody and that's mostly improvised as well. He's just sitting there, it's like, you know, it's this, 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 blah, 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 <laughs> talking. And it's like, you know that kid, that guy is Yeah. Boom. He's trying to get the party started so he starts awkwardly dancing with that girl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the best. But also Who let the dog out? What was it we say? Uh, who let the dog in who here? Who brought the dog? Who brought the dog? See, this is why I'm only just co-star. Um, you know, I mean, obviously the, um, the, the, uh, the promise of the premise, as they say in the, uh, the, the scripting world, the stuff where they're catching ghosts is all fun. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch, and that's, that's really what you want to see. But the character moments in that movie are so good that, I mean, we just went and saw it again. Oh, yeah. There was a, a drive-in theater because movie theaters were dangerous, or are dangerous. Yeah. Uh, so we went to a drive-in theater to see Ghostbusters, and it was never seen it on the big screen for me, so that was really oh, cool. Man, it's, it's Ghostbusters is a movie that if you're just flipping through channels and it comes on, I will stop right there and watch the entire thing. I can watch it anytime. They, yeah. Everyone's like um, tailgating, and there's like there were Ghostbusters there, and they had the Ecto one and some Avengers there yeah um but yeah it was really cool so everyone's like free partying before the movie starts and like it's just really cool to watch it like in your the comfort of your car on the big screen and again just something like when she when she said there were ghostbusters there there are people who go around to events dressed as ghostbusters yeah part two they, they do they do premieres they um <laughs> i feel like i i was lucky enough that one of my first jobs Back in ninety eight, yeah, eight or so, mm -hmm. was I got to be a Ghostbuster at Universal Studios, and we got to run around. We really got to kind of make up our own shows. It felt a lot like what you imagined it was like for them on the movie set because at the time we didn't have a lot of support. What we had a great show director who said, you know, put some stuff together, do what you can do. And we had so much fun. We, they gave us a, a key. They gave us a key to the, all of the facades at Universal. We would go in, go up to the windows, and do shows uh, where we're catching a ghost, come out with a smoking trap. And one of my favorite memories of all time was the final day of the Ghostbusters in the park. And there were only two of us. Was, uh, myself and uh, our friend James. And we did a... Uh, what we, we call a, um, a bathroom catch, which is where we go into this bar that's in Universal uh, Finnegan's. Go into Finnegan's, one person stands outside, the other person goes in and just starts throwing stuff around, screaming. You get away with that. Yeah, and we, we would just, we call that like a routine emergency. Like, don't worry folks, just routine emergency. And um, inside, you would just cover yourself with water and slime, and then you would get the trap smoking and you would come out of that bathroom with a smoking trap, people would lose their minds. Like they were so excited. And then we went out to the Ecto and the, the streets were full of people. And I remember we both stood on top of the Ecto with a smoking trap. This is our last time being able to play these characters. Uh -huh. Stood on top of the Ecto and the entire street started chanting, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. Oh. 
Dude, I was like this. I was like, uh. <laughs> there's something in my eye. Together. Sat on my keys. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, obviously, this movie has big names, big stars. Who do you think is an underrated, um, I, I, not just, I guess, character that's underrated, but should be rated a little higher in this because of what they contribute to this film? I mean, I think the easy answer is Ernie Hudson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he didn't do a whole lot after that. But, but, but he didn't have a chance to do a lot in the first movie. He's, as an actor, he's done a lot. He yeah. really has. He pops up in everything. Um, Funny thing about Ernie Hudson, he auditioned for the role of Winston on the animated TV series, and they didn't think he sounded enough like himself. <laughs> so they cast Arsenio Hall. What? Wow. Wow. And then you have the, the, the thing with the animated series, the guy who did the voice of Peter Binkman was also the voice of Garfield in the cartoon. Ha, <laughs> early. Mm-hmm. And then when they made a live-action Garfield movie, Bill Murray did the voice <laughs> of Garfield. I was like, I hope he did that out of spite. Yeah, because <laughs> he sure well. didn't do it for the artistic integrity. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I liked, um, what is his name, Peck? Walter oh, Walter Peck. Oh, yeah, he's great. He's I, I a- think whenever you have a, a film like this, the antagonist has to be good. You yeah. gotta, you gotta have something good, and he was such an ass. Yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. you were like, what? The environment? I guess he was like an environmentalist. So kind of. There is technically a Ghostbusters three, um, and it's a video game that came out ooh, probably, I feel like maybe ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but the video game was written by Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd, Ivan Reitman. And they have the entire cast of the movie, including uh, Walter Peck. I'm blanking on his name, um, but Annie Potts. They have the entire cast. That's cool. And what this is actually set just a few years after the end of Ghostbusters 2, where essentially they've destroyed the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> and so they end up being government sanctioned by the city, but they have to have someone to report to and the character that they have to report to is Walter Peck. That, that's funny. And it's, it's oh. great because any destruction you do to the city, you have to report to him. And it just, again, he's such a good antagonist. Oh, such a good, it's a good game. <laughs> I remember um, when I was living with you, you got the, uh, what is it, the VR game? Uh-huh. Um, oh, Ghostbusters VR. That really cool. What? Yeah. I want to play yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it looked it looked amazing. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, because you get um, to go into the the firehouse. That's cool. You're not in the library, are you? No. It's, the experience just takes place inside the firehouse. Okay. So, let's just say a millennial has never seen it. Someone new. Does this movie hold up? I know it holds up for us because we know it. But do you think it holds up with generations that grew up with these Marvel movies and the effects there and all of the big budget stuff? Do you think this movie would hold up? Absolutely, yes. I think so. I mean, the, the effects are still good. They're not... They're just different. Like, it's like... It's stylized. Movies, right. Like, you know, when you go to Universal and back in the day, they used to have that fake facade. You can use your mm-hmm. camera. And like, whoa, there's this giant city behind you when it's really not there. 
And you're like, cool, this is like the classic way they used to make movies. And I think even the next generation will still appreciate what kind of work went into these movies without having to use CGI for well, everything and, and still making it look so amazing. The other thing is the comedy holds up and comedy is forgiving for everything. Yeah. Like, honestly, the effects in that movie could be garbage. They're not. They could be garbage. But the fact that the performances are so good, the story is strong, and the characters are all fun, and you want to, you want to experience that world even more, I think, yeah, that's what holds it, makes it hold up. The, the, the comedy really holds all of those elements together. I think the only thing not that wasn't holding up is Sigourney Weaver's hairstyle. But that's, <laughs> that's a different story altogether. <laughs> I think also, not just the not just the, the the comedy part of it, but I feel that the suspense and everything that the build up, I think, is done really well. Yeah. Um, the ghosts progressively get a little scarier or a little bit more intense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the judges' chamber. Um, you know, with the uh, what what are the the brothers? What are the oh, Ghostbusters oh, two? Yeah, the Ghostbusters two. You know, the Fratelli brothers. Yeah, the Fratelli no, brothers. That's, no, the Fratelli brothers are Goonies. Oh, he's right. You're, you're right. I'm trying to remember because the judge says it. Yeah. The, the judge says the name. The Spicoli brothers? No. No, that's, that's, that's fast time. time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but so I wonder if he does say Fratelli brothers and it turns out that's what <laughs> let, me, let me see. <laughs> let me see. But, but moments you. like that, um, I know it's in the second one, but there are great moments where it builds up and it builds and builds. Yeah. And, and I feel that with this movie... I, you know, I showed it to my daughter. She's 13. She loves it. She started watching this, I think, when she was 10. She has great know. taste, though, so, you know. Yeah, she's, she's, she's got, a, she's got a good taste for film. Scolari Brothers! The Scolari Brothers! <laughs> That's a great scene. Um, so, okay. So, great movie. Um, obviously, it does stand the test of time. I mean, it's, it's going to be around forever. Right. So I'm I'm actually almost ashamed to ask you these questions because you've got already answered most of them. <laughs> so we've got ten, and usually I, I start off light with the first five, and then we go into some har- harder ones. I've not had anyone get them all right. This so I I, I, I kind of think this is going to be, um, the thing. So Todd, you take the first five. Okay. Renette, you're no. I'm kidding. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, so Whatever. that's what. Uh, <laughs> so okay. here we go. Number one, super easy. Where does the movie take place? New York, New York City. New York City. Boom. Yeah. Number two, when we first see the ghost in the library, what's it doing? Reading. reading a book. It's reading. It goes, there you go. Sh- nope, that's later. <laughs> does it though? That's when the Ghostbusters show up. She still does it. Go yes. get her, Ray. <laughs> and he goes like this. <laughs> what is the librarian's name? Ooh. God. I have, I used to have Tobin's Spirit Guide that was a, like a thing from the movie. Uh-huh. And it had it in there. He has a book too, eh? Oh, oh yeah, you do. I will give you a hint. The actress name is the same. It's, it's like, oh, okay, we're going to name you after the same. Oh, and she was like in a bunch of movies in the 80s too. I, <gasps> Are you going to miss one? Yeah, I missed it. Missed it. Take a guess. Take any guess. Uh, Mary. Francis. Alice. Oh, Alice. so close. Alice. So close. That's what I said. Um, when was the movie released? 1984. 
Boom. What makes Ray Parker Jr. feel so good? Busted. <laughs> Busted makes it feel so good. They were sued for that song. Yeah. Uh, Huey Lewis, I Want a New Drug. Yep. They probably wouldn't have been sued, but they tried to get Huey Lewis to do a song for the movie before Ray Parker Jr. Yeah. So this one you've already talked about. Um, in Dana's building, Ray asks, hey, where do these stairs go? And they Dana go says, up. They go up. What starts cooking on Dana's counter? An egg. That's right. They start exploding, and then they just... Oh, yeah, they get all bubbly. And then this is another one. You, you, I actually thought I was going to get you with this one. Um, where was the movie originally set? Oh, in the future. Answer that one. Yep, yeah. New York City in the future. Which actor or actress made their feature film debut in this movie? Their debut. Their debut. Actor. Annie. Was, was it Annie Potts? Annie it Potts. is Annie Potts. Her first feature film. She's great. Number 10. Ghostbusters got two Oscar nods. What were they for? Visual effects. And? Uh, music. More specific. Uh, the, the, the Ghostbusters Ray Parker Jr. song. That's right. Best song and best visual effects. Here is your bonus, which could eliminate the Alice. What floor was Slimer found? Um, was he found? He was, oh. Eight. What floor? Is that your final answer? Renee, uh, you oh, shit. Um, someone saw a cockroach up on eight or ten. I'm going to go ten. Twelve. Oh. The twelfth floor. Can I have another bonus? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so, uh, awesome. Dana Barris was on the 22nd floor. <laughs> no. Um, thank you guys so much for joining me. Um, this has been fun. I love this movie. It's a lot of fun. Uh, tell everyone where they can find both of you, um, and what's going on in your world. YouTube.com slash consumption junkies. I E S. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, we're, we're basically doing fun videos where we're traveling around. And Eating donuts. We and did the, the one with you with the best donut in Orlando. And going to doggy parks and, and attractions and coffee shops. And Yeah, we're, we're um, traveling, kind of going taking a road trip up the East Coast and hitting some pretty cool sites. But we're also doing fun things like uh, our video that comes out tomorrow is we did a uh, snack exchange with a friend in England where we sent American snacks that she can't get there. And she sent uh, British snacks that we can't get here. And then we did like a comparison taste test. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So you sent them yeah. like crack. Um, yeah. Heroin. American crack. It made it the whole way. I And then we, uh, yeah, we have like another package coming from Canada, Canada. Um, so yeah, they're like, they're a lot of fun. And then nice. you're also doing a October show? Oh, yeah. And yes. October, we're doing it together. Uh, October 30th, the Mama's Comedy Show. Like our first show, like first show show in a while. Mm. Our proper show. Proper. Excellent. And, and there's also a podcast, Mama's Comedy Show, so you can check that out on iTunes, wherever you yep. hear podcasts. Um, and if you, plug your books, man. I, I, I love your books. I think they're fun. Oh, yeah. Just uh, search my name, Todd Perrin on Amazon. There's Inhuman which is a comedy about the zombie apocalypse, a sociopath during the zombie apocalypse. 
Very who good. finds a dog that begins to act like the moral compass that he lacks. Uh, Nightmare of Neverland is a retelling of Peter Pan through the point, uh, point of view of Hook, who is a father trying to get his son back from the vampire known as Peter Pan. Um, there's a... Wally. Yeah, Wally, which is about a boy and his dog lost in the woods when a, uh, a virus that affects animals is released in the woods, mm -hmm. turns them all rabid. Uh, Parker and Jesus is actually one of my personal favorites. If you're super religious, don't read that one. <laughs> I think it's funny. It is very funny, yeah. And then another one that came out this year was um, Zombies End, Aftermath, which is based on a play that I wrote probably 12 years ago about survivors of the zombie apocalypse. But it was crazy. I released it at the beginning of the COVID lockdowns. It was crazy as I was going back through the similarities between what I was writing about following a zombie apocalypse with society crumbling and what was happening now with people denying it and, and stuff like that. It was, so yeah. Holy cow. Awesome. awesome. Thank you, Renette. Thank you, Todd, for joining us. For those of you watching and please go to Facebook, um, Real Drinks with Ali Flores, follow, like the page, like uh, YouTube, find us on anywhere that you can hear podcasts and rate us. Um, thanks again. And uh, I, I need to see uh, one more Stay Puff Marshmallow Man going through New York City. <laughs> if someone asks, if you're a god, you say yes! Yes! yes!